Hey, this is Donald with a different type of bean counter, and uh, I'm excited to come to you today. We're going to talk about something a little technical, and I'm going to try to be high level and clear. Um, first, before I get started, though, I wanted to say thank you to so many people over the last three or four months who agreed to be guests on the podcast, and uh, we were able to do those all remotely. Obviously, we're still doing things remotely. Um, some of us, we had great connections, sometimes not so great connections. But the one thing I truly appreciate about every person that was on the podcast is that they were focused on pouring into the nonprofit community. There was a wealth of information, a wealth of things to think about and to implement over the last three, four months of the podcast, a different type of bean counter. I cannot be more excited about the folks that um, were, were willing to join in the conversation. So I wanted to say thank you to all of those people. But I also wanted to encourage you that if you have not listened to some of those episodes, to take the time and listen to those episodes because there is a wealth of information there. So today on a different type of bean counter, I want to talk about Schedule A of the Form 990. And I'm going to be at a very, very high level. Um, I've tried to do this detailed and it just does not come off very well via podcast. So I'm hopeful that I will prompt you to think. I will prompt you to look at your 990. And then you can always reach out to me at Donald at Wells cpaoh.com you can find me on linkedin or wherever you found the podcast and we can have a deeper dive conversation the reason i want to talk about schedule a of the form 990 is because i believe it's the most important part of the form 990 i also believe it's the part of the 990 that's the least understood the least looked at and uh, it, it provides the IRS with a wealth of information. And I don't, I don't think that most organizations look at it very well. I know that when we get a new client, this is usually where we go to start to understand the makeup and how they've approached some of their compliance matters in the past. If you don't have your Form 990A in front of you, Schedule A in front of you, I'd highly recommend that at some point when you listen to this, you grab it. If you uh, can visualize it, great. Uh, you can always go to the great Google machine and type in Form 990 Schedule A, and you can get one to look at. For most organizations, the Form 990 uh, Schedule A has three parts. Part one is uh, where you're informing the IRS the reason that you're classified as a public charity. Let me back up. The Form Schedule A <clears throat> is in existence in order to determine whether or not an organization meets the requirement to be a public charity. You file the, with the IRS and ask for your tax exempt status. In most cases, you ask them to be classified as a public charity. When you did that, you made an agreement with the IRS in which 33.3% of your total revenues would come from the public. 
So this form is in place for you to calculate it and for the IRS to see whether or not you continue to maintain that threshold. That's why this form is so vital important. This form in and of itself can kick you out of the public charity status. And uh, I've worked with organizations where we've had to put strategies around uh, the our ask. Uh, we had to put strategies around going to donors to ask them to give in certain ways in order that we continue to maintain our classification as a public charity. Real important that you do that because if you get kicked out of the public charity status, you probably will be classified as a private foundation. Most organizations do not want to be classified as private foundations. Primarily, private foundations' roles are to give away money. And uh, most of us are trying to raise money in order to do programs, not raise money to give it away. And uh, again, that's a very high level view of it all. Schedule A, part one. Um, I want you to, if you can visualize it, uh, there's 12 boxes, 12 primary boxes, and then an A through G kind of a layout on that. Most organizations are checking box either seven or 10. Box seven says that uh, you're going to get the most, most of your support will come from government organizations or the general public. Box 10 says that you're going to get most of your support from public sources and, and from fees that you charge. So there's a difference between the seven and the 10 classification. So now, Donald, what is so important about Schedule A that you're doing a podcast on it? Well, there's two things, um, three things maybe. First thing is that if you look at either Part 2 or Part 3, where your organization's calculation is, if you start at the bottom in Section C, you'll see where uh, there's a calculation where you are reporting to the IRS the amount uh, public support as a percentage. You want to watch that number. You just need to know what that number is. And if you start to get down around the 30, 40 percent, uh, maybe 50 percent, you need to become very aware of your campaign, um, who you're asking, why you're asking. Well, why wouldn't that number be 100 percent? If you have Schedule 2, you'll see line five. And line five says that the portion of total contributions by each person other than a government entity or public supported organization included in line one, which are your contributions, that exceed 2% of amount shown in line 11, which is your total support. So what they're doing is basically heavy donors um, and when I say heavy, I mean I mean very heavy. People that give more than 2% of your annual budget on a consistent basis, they get excluded. They are not considered as public supporters if you're in um, type, type 2, part 2 calculation. So uh, if you're an organization and you are, you know, you, you are funded primarily by heavy-hitting donors, that's great, and we never want to say that's not great. But what we do need to be mindful of 
is that those donors may be creating a public support issue for the organization. And if so, there are strategies around how you can maintain that relationship and not create uh, those issues around public support. In type two, or I'm sorry, part three of the organization, um, there's, there's two or three different twists that I want you to be aware of. The first is that part three organizations get to include fees. After school programs get to include the fees um, that they charge in public support. Part two, you don't get to include any of the fees in public support. So that's a big difference for some organizations. In part two, we talked about how those heavy hitting donors get excluded. Well, in part three, we also have exclusions. Um, part three, we exclude anyone that's a disqualified person. In the big picture, what we're primarily saying there is that we exclude donations from employees and board members and, and associated family members of those individuals. So those, we want those people to contribute because we want them to support, but they don't get to be considered part of the public support calculation if you're a part three filer. The other thing is that the other exclusion is that amount included in lines two or lines one or two. So amounts from either grants or admissions received from someone that is greater than $5,000 or 1% of the total support for the year. So this one you exclude it based upon the support for the year. In both cases, part two or part three, there are items that get excluded from the public support, which is why um, you'll see numbers less than 100%. This is an area where it's very easy to determine whether or not your 990 is being completed correctly. If you're a part three filer, um, I think that we should always see some amount being excluded because your board is giving and hopefully some employees are giving. So we always should see some amount. Don't be fearful of a public support test that's less than 100%. That's not what this is trying to get you to. What it's trying to get you to is a, a test that results in greater than 33 and a third percent. So uh, hopefully that gives you just a couple of things to look at on your form. And I could do go into much more detail. I've tried to stay at a high level and just give you something to think about. Look at your Schedule A. Schedule A is, in my opinion, the most important part of the Form 990. Most people, most organizations are not completing it properly. If you're not completing it properly, then you don't know for sure what your public support test is. Where are most organizations falling down and completing it? They're falling down in the exclusions. We, we are inflating our percentages, which um, for all practical purposes, probably is not causing a ton of problem until someone steps in and says, hey, this percentage has been wrong. And, oh, by the way, you're below 33 and a third. You're no longer public support. So we don't want someone else to find that out 
and to impose that on us. So that's why it's important that we maintain this uh, filing and that we do it correctly. Again, that's very technical, but I think it's important because I am seeing more and more Form 990s where Schedule A is not completed properly. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to me at Donald at Wells CPA OH. Uh, please look at your Schedule A. Please spend time with it. There's a lot of numbers and it's a story. There's a story in it. And if you can't find the story, reach out to myself, reach out to your preparer, reach out to somebody that's very good, maybe a grant writer, and have them look at it and ask them, hey, what's this really saying so that you can understand it more? Uh, this is a different type of bean counter. and We're just trying to give you something to think about, some information, and uh, hopefully it's beneficial. Again, um, you can subscribe to the podcast, which we always love. Uh, you can find the podcast, you can find me on LinkedIn or email at donald at wellscpaoh.com. Have a great day.